Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. One of the most important gifts that we can give to our children as moms is to be able to teach them how to pray, to help lead them and how to take their thoughts and their celebrations and their concerns, their fears, all of their emotions to the throne of God. What more could we be giving our children? And I am so excited to have with me today, Stephanie Thurling and Sarah Holmstrom, who are co-founders of Raising Prayerful Kids. This is a ministry that equips parents to pray with their kids in a meaningful way. Steph has her master's degree in youth, family, and culture from Fuller Theological Seminary and worked in youth ministry for several years before deciding to stay home with her kids. Steph loves encouraging parents in their own faith and sharing easy easy, life-giving, and fun ways to help kids experience God through prayer. She lives in Minnesota with her husband and three kids and is passionate about faith formation at home, almond milk lattes, deep friendships, long conversations, and beagles. (laughs) And Sarah has her master's degree in education from Azusa Pacific University and has taught elementary school and worked in kids ministry for most of her adult life. Currently, she homeschools her four kids and also works part-time as the elementary creative director at her church. She is passionate about telling stories about God's love to kids and grown-ups alike. And I have been so privileged to work alongside Sarah in ministry for many years. We served with each other and it was such a beautiful thing to see the passion that God has put in her for serving children and serving families and specifically watching firsthand the way that she uses various techniques to lead children into prayer. So I'm so glad to have them with us today and introduce you to Sarah and to Steph. Sarah and Stephanie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. This is going to be great. So I am first, just excited to hear what experiences from your life led you to start this ministry before you even started your book, because I know you guys have a book coming out next week, which we'll talk about more in a little bit, but what experiences in your life, Steph, why don't you start us off? What things led you to starting this ministry, raising prayerful kids? Yeah. So Sarah and I both have, like you said, ministry backgrounds. So when I started having kids and interacting with more mom friends that I met or my friends that became moms with me, we just kind of, the conversations naturally happened. And a lot of people would come to me with questions about how to talk to their kids about faith or how to pray with their kids when they didn't really feel like they knew how. And then the seminarian in me was like, I'm going to find resources. (laughs) And there just weren't a lot out there. So I just was praying about it and thinking about it because there are a lot of resources for how to pray for your kids, but not a lot of how to pray with your kids. So the more I was just praying about it and thinking about it, God just really put it on my heart to do it myself. And he just told me pretty clearly to invite Sarah in with me. And she luckily said yes, even though she didn't really want to at first. (laughs) But we started our ministry and it's been very fruitful for our families and for other people too. That's awesome. Krista, you will appreciate this because 
of all your beautiful children. But the day Steph called me, it was the day I found out that we were having our wonderful surprise baby number four. So it was just such funny timing of God. And she said, Sarah, I, this has been on my heart. And I think we're supposed to do this together. We both have three kids and, you know, our kids are getting older. So we have more time. And I was just laughing to myself because it was just this <laughs> new news in my heart about baby four. So I told her, I'm not sure, but I will pray about it. And then when you pray about it, you know, God really led me in that direction, one foot in front of the other. But I am forever thankful to Steph because when I said yes to her, I thought we were um, doing this for our kids and for other people's kids and families. But I had no idea God was going to use um, just this new commitment to prayer and research about prayer and talking about prayer and trying out um, new ways to pray that he was going to use it so much to change my heart, not just my family, but I feel like I have become over the last four years of, of working with Steph, somebody who cries out to God all day long instead of during prayer time or during my set time that, you know, the way I used to do it. And that has really, I mean, you know, I still got a long way to go, but that has really changed me, especially as a mom, but also just brought me closer to Jesus. So I'm so thankful to Steph for that. That's awesome. I can definitely echo some of those thoughts too, because I was pregnant when I felt God leading me to starting this podcast. And I think about that passage often where it says Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart when she found out she was pregnant and how often during that season, I think there's things that God just places on our hearts that are new or different for some reason. And there are transitions. It was during my pregnancy with my third that God led me out of a business. He led me to taking care of my home differently. He led me out of a ministry and it was not, none of those things were my plan, but it was very clear. It was his leading. And I think maybe it's that our hearts, maybe God uses that time because our hearts are in a different still place to be willing to hear differently. I don't know, but that's awesome. And I can also absolutely echo that one of the things I have loved so much about doing these podcasts, when I look back over the last year and a half now that we've been doing this almost, that God has grown me so much through these conversations that I look back at every person that I got to talk to, and I am absolutely a better person today that I mean, if someone else gets something out of these, that's great. But God is for sure using them in my heart. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, God's it's good. good. Yes. When we obey him, he definitely shows up in ways we don't expect. So, well, let's talk about what's this prayer and prayer with children. So whether someone is listening with a baby and they only have their sweet little baby, or maybe they are a mom of teens, why do you think it's important if you can to start early in teaching kids about Jesus in your home, aside from just going to church? Um, Steph, why don't you start us off there? Yeah. So there's in your home, there's a ton of research. It just says over and over and over again, that the home is the main place of faith formation. It's kids that get faith at home that are more likely to have a lasting faith that goes through adulthood. Um, church is really important. Sarah and I both work at churches. We love parachurch organizations, Bible studies, all those things are really good. They're great ways to partner with parents, but it's really the home that's super important. And it can be a lot of pressure as parents, obviously, to know that. A lot of parents feel unequipped. Research tells us that too. And that's why 
there are a lot of ministries like ours that can help parents because mm-hmm. it's good. It's good to start young if you can. If you can't, start where you are. God will meet you where you are. Mm-hmm. There's no specific you know, background that you need. You don't need to have a ministry background or a seminary degree. God meets you where you are to shepherd your kids because it's what he wants for us. Yeah. It always gives me a piece to think about those passages. And I believe it's Matthew and Luke when Jesus is talking about that he's going to be sending the Holy Spirit to be a helper and that the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that he has said. And as a mom, I will often pray like, Lord, I don't think I'm equipped in this fully. Will you remind me of the things that you have said that you want me to speak to my children and realizing that God trusted them with me. So it's really on him. Like, (laughs) sure. I need to show up and give my full part. I need to live into Deuteronomy six, where it talks about teaching these things to your children. When you lie down, when you walk along the road, when you get up all of the things, when you sit at home throughout our day, like breathing, we need to be living this. But in that If I am showing up and doing my part, then God is going to be faithful because he wouldn't have called me if he's not going to equip me. So Sarah, have you seen this to be so true also with your husband in youth ministry? You see such different sides between your ministry with children and your husband's ministry with older children. Yes. Oh, that's such a good question, Krista. Yeah. And, and, um, seeing teenagers and just the kind of world that we're in and what they're going through, it brings me to my knees even more. Like we got to pray. And, and the other thing, as you were both sharing about prayer, it just made me think about how prayer is the way that our kids will develop a close relationship with God Mm -hmm. though, like devotionals, Bible study, all that stuff is so great too. And like you said, talking about God, but teaching them to pray or giving them those tools, like you said, to breathe with God or listen to God or praise God, even when the day is hard, giving them those tools will help them know that God isn't this far off God in the sky. And as they become teenagers and as they navigate this world and as they become young, young adults, they will have learned to cry out to him and talk to him and treat him as their best friend and their good, good dad. And then the other thing is prayer is that gift, the only gift, right? That we can give our kids that will actually last forever. Um, You know, it will impact their kids and generations to come. So another reason to, to make prayer a priority. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Seeing the teenagers and seeing what they're going through and um, even talking with teenagers about that, about how to, how to stop and be interrupted and listen to God. Um, I feel like God's given us a few opportunities to talk to moms with older kids too, and how to, how to go about just in a, in a gentle way, kind of reminding them to turn to God. And I think the best way to do that, if you have teens or young adults is to just keep modeling that for them and keep sharing Mm -hmm. with them. Okay. I was going through this and this is how God showed up for me. Just kind of sharing your story, because even if they don't act like it, they are watching you and they are learning. Yeah. I like that you mentioned that it's a gift that's going to go with them more than maybe, you know, their little girl devotion, you know, how to be a girl of God for 30 days, whatever it is. (laughs) Um, Because that's true that that is good and there's value in that, but it holds a different place because prayer is a conversation with God. 
And conversations lead us into relationships that if I was to say, I'm going to have this deep relationship with you, Sarah, and we're just going to be the best of friends. And I look forward to talking to you on every holiday. And <laughs> like, of course, we would not actually be in an intimate relationship. And the people who we're closest with, who we can turn to are the people who we're in conversation with most of the time, because those lead to deep relationships. And so if prayer is a form of conversation with God, then that's naturally going to lead to a true relationship as opposed to just a religion that a religion is not what God calls us to in his word. We're supposed to be following him and being obedient to him, but it's a relationship that he wants. That's good. That's good. But one other, I was thinking about with parents, because you mentioned parents feeling unsure about this, Sarah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, I was talking with my daughter last night, who is nine, and I said, okay, Animal. So I'm talking about prayer with Miss Sarah and her friend tomorrow. So if we were talking about prayer, what advice would you give to a parent who wanted to pray more with their children or pray different? And she said, well, uh, you need to pray with your children. And (laughs) I I would say you need to let them hear you pray. And she was just so matter of fact about it. But I thought, you know, that actually is really good advice. And I think that's probably where some of the hesitancy comes in for parents is maybe they don't feel confident in how to pray. Maybe they haven't been praying out loud because children can't hear our inside our hearts and head prayers. They need to hear our out loud prayers. So Sarah, why don't you start on this one? How do you think parents can grow their own prayer lives in a way that they're actually setting an example that their children can then follow? So I love that question. And I think so many of us are in that same boat where maybe as parents, we are unsure about how to do this or we're uncomfortable um, or, or we just feel the weight of it. Okay. This is our job, God, but how do I do it? And how do I do it correctly? And I think what I would say to that parent is to just start by your, you yourself, like you said, Krista, just talking to God, remembering that he loves you so much and that he wants to help you parent your kids. I think sometimes we forget Like you said earlier, that when Jesus went to heaven, he gave us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is in us the moment we believe in Jesus. So we have a comforter, we have a helper, we have a guide, we have our own personal counselor that wants to help us parent. And Mm -hmm. I remember when I had little, little kids thinking, okay, I don't really have time to pray. But then when I started to just cry out to him, I even remember one morning, I think this might be in the book now, I can't remember, but Yes. Okay. I just remember one morning crying out to him about each kid specifically and him giving me a word that I needed to hear for each kid. And it changed the way I parented them that day. Mm-hmm. So he wants to do that. And that reminds me of um, the verse in Hebrews for that says um, that we can approach his throne with boldness. We can come to him and we will find grace in our time of need. So for any parent who's thinking, how do I even begin? Begin by just remembering that you are not doing this alone and that God loves it when we come to him and we ask him for help. And he gives us wisdom that we might not find in a book or in a podcast or, you know, we, that just him speaking to us or him leading us to scripture and then making prayer a habit for yourself. One little thing that has been helping me lately is just the first thing I do in the morning. My son actually taught me this. He 
told me that every morning he says good morning to God. And so I just get on my knees next to my bed and just kind of spend a minute saying, God, today is yours. Is there anything you want to speak to me about today? And then it just kind of gets my head on right and um, helps Mm -hmm. me start the day kind of going to him. So that's what I would say to those parents. And another thing, it's so easy for us to get distracted. So even if you have five minutes to kind of write down your prayers, that's a really special way for you as a parent to pray because you can kind of look back and see God working and God answering those prayers. Yeah, you see his faithfulness for sure. Steph, what about you? What advice would you give to a parent who just feels unsure about how they can set that example in, in a living real way? Yeah, I would really, I always tell parents just like start small. Like, I think there's this misconception of what prayer is supposed to be like, and you even see it like a lot of people who are maybe up front at your church praying or on your church's prayer team. They're those people who have the beautiful, eloquent, long prayers that, you know, you're just like, wow, like that came straight from the Holy Spirit. And that was so amazing. And I could never pray like that. And that's fine. If you can't pray that way, you know, just start small by saying like Sarah's son did good morning, God. Like, that's Mm -hmm. great. Just start the conversation and your prayer life will grow as you talk with God more and more, but it doesn't have to look a certain way. So I think it's like what we do with all of life, you know, like we have idea of what our house is supposed to look like or what our kids are supposed to look like. And it's like, we can't compare ourselves to other people and we can't compare our prayer life to other people too. So Absolutely. Again, God meets you and you'll only grow in your relationship and in your communication if you just start. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like that uh, Sarah said something too about making it a habit, like developing some habits of prayer. And I really love the idea of habit stacking. So if you say, what do I already do? So Sarah said, I already wake up. I can pray then I get out of bed. That's going to be one of my times that I'm going to pray. Maybe it's when you shower, but I don't know. Maybe if you're a mom of lots of kids, that's not super frequent. So maybe it shouldn't be. (laughs) Maybe we should say brushing your teeth uh, or pouring your coffee, whatever it is that you do regularly saying, this is a place I'm going to pray. And even putting a post-it there to know, remember when I do this, this is when I'm going to pray. And I have done that kind of with my prayer time in the morning where I spend a little bit of time praying. I normally have a hymn that I'll sing by myself just to kind of set my mind right, read my Bible. If I'm reading a book, I'll read that a little bit. And I've put it by where I change my baby's diaper because that's a necessity. Like I'm not just going to not change his diaper, you know, or our day is going to be a disaster. But thinking, thinking from a spiritual perspective, if I don't start my day praying, focusing on him, really meditating on his truths, reading truth, my day is going to be an equal disaster as it would be if I didn't change his diaper, you know? Mm-hmm. I love I was- advice. That is so good. I, it reminds me, I used to do that when I washed my hands. Like I would always have this praise prayer, I would say, but that's such a great way to um, remind yourself to do it and to get into that habit. And like Steph said, it's okay for there to be short times of prayer too. Mm-hmm. just talking with God, practicing the presence of God. I love that reminder. Absolutely. And there are many times in my day where I will, cause we talked about doing it out loud in front of your children. Right. So I remember specifically when I began calling on Jesus out loud in front of my children in moments of desperation. So not just like, Oh, I mean, I always praise the Lord out loud. That's very natural for me. I was raised 
talking about God, when we see trees and when we see a season change and in creation, I mean, creation just screams God. So it's so easy to talk about him and to him when you're in nature, but at home, when things would get especially difficult, I think it was probably when my first was about three, which if you have a three-year-old, you get this, uh, that I was like, Jesus help me. And the first time I out loud asked, called on the name of the Lord. I remember his sweet eyes just got so wide and looked at me like, Oh dear, what have I done? Mom's lost her mind. And, but it's become comfortable, a comfortable rhythm now that when things are difficult or trying, when I can know that my patience is at zero, instead of thinking, I'm just going to press through, like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it. I'm not going to make it like totally real. I, on my own power am done. My husband works long days. I'm frequently by myself from breakfast until bedtime. That's where God has put our family, but I can only do it by his strength. So there have been times not too long ago, I think it was just last week, just before dinner, dinner was on the table and the conversations that were going back and forth between my five, I'm sure the baby was crying, which just takes all the stress to a whole new level. I was like, oh my goodness, I have to sit down still and eat with all of them. And this is supposed to be beautiful. And I don't even want to be here. And and we have to do bedtime. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a day. So I just felt like the evening was going to be a decade in and of itself. And I dropped to my knees by the sink. We have a little soft mat there. So it was not so hard. So I kneeled down on this mat and just started praying just on my own. I wasn't even praying out loud that time, but my kids knew. And one of them started talking to me and the other one said, don't bother mom. She's praying. I said, I'll just be a second guys. Just give me a second. And it changed the entire trajectory of the evening. And I told them after I prayed, I said, guys, I needed to ask God to help me because I am tired. And I am feeling like I'm ready to have a break and it's not break time. It's dinner time. And I want to enjoy you. So I prayed that God would give us a blessed evening together. Now let's pray over our meal together. And it changed the entire thing, but it took a choice of choosing to do that and to be able to redirect our evening. So let's talk about the prayers in your book. So I know that I just kind of talked about some different ways of praying because I, talked about examples of me being outside and praying actively with my kids in that way and in creation and then praying out loud, calling on the Holy Spirit myself. Sometimes my prayers even just look like breathing when I'll say, Lord, I trust you. You gave me these children. You will lead me. I trust you. You gave me these children. You will lead me. And you talk about some different types of prayers in your book. It's kind of divided into a few sections. And I really love that. So Sarah, why don't you share about those three types of prayers and maybe kind of give an example of some of the different ones? Yeah, I would love to. Okay. So we have three categories, like you said, and they start off a little simpler. Anybody can do them. Um, and then they just move a little bit deeper. So the first one, the first category is prayer games. And these are ways to make prayer fun for kids and they don't take a lot of prep. You can just start them. Um, one of them that Steph and I love, um, we have a bunch in there, but it's called the grateful game. And that one is just so easy because you could be driving in the car, just like the verse in Deuteronomy says. 
says, or walking along the road is how they say it, but you could be walking along the road, driving in the car, putting your kids to bed, and you just start shouting out things you're thankful for. So we'll do this. Um, sometimes I do it when we're kind of having a rough day, you know, and sometimes it's just an overflow of praise that we feel in our hearts. But, you know, I'll say something like, oh, thank you, God, for the sky. It's so beautiful today. And my son will say, thank you for the snack I'm eating. It's so good. And now that they're older, we do a lot of times we do alphabetical order just to make it a little bit more fun. And um, one of my daughters and I, we both kind of have trouble falling asleep. And so we play it on our own too about God. So even I think it was two nights ago, I was just laying in bed saying, God, you're amazing. God, you are big. God, you are creator. And I'm pretty sure I fell asleep talking to him before I got to the letter Z. (laughs) Just um, a way to practice praising Mm -hmm. God the hard times and the good times. And we have seen so much fruit from this game. That seems like it's just fun and silly. Um, We've seen our kids really start to learn um, just the power of praising God and how practicing that makes you a more, uh, just somebody who notices more Mm and notices what God's doing. So that's prayer games. And some of the other ones um, we've got um, are, we have Um, just praise party. We've got art as prayer. These are some of our games. Um, Steph has a really fun one in there. Do you remember those old cootie catchers that you, um, Mm -hmm. or the fortune teller? So she, yeah, yeah. My kids love to make those. Yes. Yes. So she's got a really fun way to do that paper prayer chain. Um, Then we move into focused prayers. Okay. Wait, before you just jump in though, I want to like really hone in on something you just casually passed by at the beginning that you said was they're easy to do. They're low prep. And I just want to reaffirm that, that having been in ministry with you and watch you lead children through prayers like this, they are not high prep, high stress things. You do not have to feel like you have some deep theological foundation to be able to lead your children through these games. Like legitimately, you probably will spend more work getting out and putting away Candyland than yeah. you would doing some of these prayer activities. So if you're thinking like, yeah, but I just don't have space for more things. Welcome. This is for you <laughs> and it will serve you. And at any age of your children too. And um, I remember listening to Steve Green, hide him in your heart. It was a cassette tape back then. Now you can get on uh Amazon Prime Music or Spotify or wherever, but listening to this and there's a place where he says in his music, um, let's think of five things we can be thankful for. That will be easy because God is so good to us. And it's in the song, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. That all of his hide them in your heart are scripture and they're straight scripture. So you're dwelling on scripture with your children. But my mom used to have us listen to this and it was interesting because she was listening to it for us, right? Like she wasn't turning on kids Bible music for her. And one day she was having a really bad day, which if you know my mom, like for something to give her a bad day, she's like the most positive, joyful person probably I've ever met. I don't know. You're pretty close, Sarah, but uh, (laughs) she's just full of joy and she was having a rough mom day. And then here comes this voice, you know, let's think of five things we can be thankful for. That'll be easy because God's so good to us. And she said she just wanted to turn it off and be like, no, it's not easy. It's very difficult. But that it completely changed, again, the complete direction of her day when she chose to look on that thankfulness. So if parents get this, I will challenge you. You're going to think you're getting it for your kids, but God's going to show up in your heart when your kids are like, let's play that thankful game, mom. And you're like, oh, I don't know. 
Uh, but you're going to do it because you know it's best. Okay, let's go to the next part, Sarah. What's the next one? I'm so glad you said that though, Krista, because yes, the last thing we need is more on our to-do list as moms, but these are things that you are already doing. So you're already driving. So why not play the grateful game? You're already right. turning on music. So turn it into a praise party um, mm-hmm. your language and make it about God. So I love that you said that. Okay. So the next section of the book is focused prayers. And some of those are, you know, might take a little bit more thought or just, you might want to kind of read over and make sure you're, um, ready to do that, like blessing your kids, um, confession, teaching your kids how to, and you can even make confession fun. You know, you could throw those things you want to write down into a trash can and talk about how God just covers over it. So you can even make confession fun. That's something we need to practice with our kids and on our own as Christians, we need to practice confessing every day. At least I do. Amen. (laughs) Um, Um, another one, another focused prayer would be keeping a miracle book or finding a way to record your miracles. And this is similar to your story about your mom or the grateful game in that when we, um, just find a way to be looking around us for miracles and ways that God is working, um, in our family, we just keep it in a, um, a little notebook and the kids add to it and it's just out somewhere where they can grab it. So they could put the birth of a baby in our family or the time we were in a car wreck and we were all okay. And they kind of draw and write about it. And this really helps to change our hearts, but it also keeps the special family keepsake of what God did. And it's like the Israelites, how they had to look back on these monuments to remember and to tell their children what God did. And we just met someone um, who said that they do it. They have a jar. And when their family fills up the jar with miracles, they get to go do something fun, like go to frozen Mm. yogurt or something. So there's different ways you could adapt it to make it work for you. But that's the, that's the focused prayer section of the book. Mm, And then the last one is contemplative prayers. And um, these ones maybe are the deepest. Again, not hard or difficult, but maybe you're just getting a little bit deeper with your kids. And these are things like listening to God's voice, um, doing Lectio Divina with your kids, which is a lot easier than it sounds. And yeah, that sounds real complicated. You just took us a lot past Candyland. I did. I did. But it's not, it's basically Steph wrote that chapter and it's awesome, but it's basically reading a little passage of scripture over and over again and having a great talk with your kids about what, you know, what they learned about God and prayer of examine. That one's really fun. That one is basically, you know, some people do highs and lows. We will sit at our table and we'll talk about the best part of our day and the hardest. So same as highs and lows or, um, and then the last question is where did you see God working in your day? And we didn't used to do that until Steph, um, taught me about the prayer of Mm -hmm. examine, but it has been so fruitful because when we started maybe four years ago, I would just get crickets when we got to that question, but now it's like, they go on and on and on. Well, I saw God in Levi when he gave me the Uh. I saw God in my dad when he took me out and did this with me. And we've even gotten to use it when we talk about the hardest part of our day, we've gotten to use it to apologize to each other at the dinner table, which has been a really cool thing. But I would say, I know I've been talking so much, but I would say that breath prayers is that's one of our contemplative Mm. ones has been the most life-changing for me. And your story, Krista was so beautiful because when you're on your knees and you're breathing, I remember I used to do the, um, I used to breathe in a lot. I still do this and say, Holy spirit, breathe out 
give me peace. And the first time I heard about breath prayers was actually from your mom, speaking of your mom at a mops morning, um, years and years ago when I just had one or two kids, um, at a mom's meeting at our church. But now my daughter, Brinley, she does breath prayers more than I do. I hear Mm -hmm. her she's in the middle of something for school. And she says, Holy spirit, bring me peace. And I didn't really specifically teach her to do that. She just saw me doing it. And now she knows, okay, I can cry out to God. He will help me all day long. And then she teaches it to her little brother and her little sister. So it's just become a really special tool for the kids. Well, and I like that you said it's a tool for them because I think when we give them these resources, we're not just praying with them. We're not just, I mean, we are doing that, but ultimately we are giving them this, we're giving them part of the armor of God. We are preparing them to go into battle, which ultimately it, I remind myself as I'm looking at my days, as I'm looking at how I order my life, what, what things am I saying yes to? What things are we saying no to? What do we do throughout our day with our children? Ultimately we're raising disciples. We are not just raising children. My goal is to not have the perfect children. Praise the Lord. None of us will. Right. But I want to raise disciples to be able to go into the world and preach the good news to all creation and to be able to offer them the gift of prayer and the ability to feel confident in how to pray. You don't know when they're going to use that. And your voice is probably not going to be the one to say, Hey, now's that time to pray. I think about what a beautiful time. One of my, my nine-year-old actually, again, uh, had a time that she had to have a bunch of cavities filled and it was very scary. And we talked about it and we prayed together ahead of time. And when we were, when she was finished, I was able to sit by her and hold her hand the whole time. And when she was finished though, she said, um, it wasn't that bad because I started praying. And when I just was praying and thinking about, um, that I, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. And I just kept remembering that while I was, doing, having him work on my cavities and then it was okay. And here I was getting ready to have a baby. I thought, oh my goodness, isn't that how we labor? We focus on truth and focus on how God's going to take us into the next thing and make it, make it through. But in her own, I think she was eight at the time in her own eight-year-old heart, the prayers that we had gifted her with in learning how to pray took her through that moment in ways that me sitting there holding her hand didn't, it wasn't my hand. It was the prayers and it was, that's personal. That's not just me and her. So I would just encourage every parent listening should buy your book. It, they could pre-order it. And I'm going to ask Steph in just a sec about pre-ordering because it's one thing to buy a book when it's already out. That's great. But you have a chance this week. It's like the last week of your chance to pre-order this book. I will put the link in the show notes below. It's called Raising Prayerful Kids. And it's a like a $17 investment. Let's pretend like you only took one helpful prayer, which I'm telling you already, having looked through the book, there are going to be so many resources that will help you. They will empower you to help your children. And when we do that, when we train up ourselves to train our children, then we actually end up growing ourselves too, which is beautiful. Uh, But that investment is going to pay off tenfold. You will be so thankful you did it. So put aside your coffees for the week or whatever it takes to pre-order this book. And Steph, why does it help you for them to pre-order it? Okay. So there are two gifts you can give authors and one, I mean, I guess three, because you can just buy their book. That's number one, but but number two is pre-orders. And number three is reviews. Um, Mm -hmm. But pre-orders are really important because it kind of gives a signal to publishers to bookstores, to Amazon, 
Um, so when you pre-order your book, your publisher is like, oh, people are ordering these. Like, let's keep it like paying attention in bookstores. It tells them like, oh, we should order more of these books to get onto the shelves. And it kind of moves them up into maybe we should display this book differently. Um, maybe we want this more up front and on Amazon, it brings you up into the algorithm. Like mm -hmm. it's just really, really important. Um, it makes a really big difference for authors to pre-order. It's always good to order a book. We want you to no matter when, but pre-ordering is really, really powerful. And then reviews too. Reviews do the same thing. So if you love a book, our book or any book, if you love a book, just write a two sentence review wherever you bought it or on Goodreads. And it makes a really big difference for authors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same with podcast. If you haven't reviewed our podcast, if you go and review it, give it five stars and review it. It shows up when someone yeah. looks up prayer on podcasts, this will pop up in the algorithm if the podcast is being reviewed and rated. So yes. And it takes seriously like two minutes, the amount of heart that I've seen that Steph and Sarah put into this book. I believe it was inspired by God because no mom on their own power has the time and energy with multiple children to be writing a book. Um, and I believe God led them to this and that he will use it in your lives as well. So please pre-order the book and follow raising prayerful kids on Instagram and if you don't yet follow me at Seek Holy Living, find me as well, because we're going to do a giveaway of their books so that that way we can get a couple into your hands. And maybe if you already want to order one for yourself now, and then you win the giveaway, you could send it to a friend and bless them as well. And be part of this ministry that I believe God is just going to use to lead children and moms to himself closer around the world. So uh, Sarah and Steph, thank you so much for joining me. We could have just talked for three more conversations about prayer, but what a gift, gift it was to have you. And Steph, so glad to get to meet you today. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for what you're doing and your amazing podcast and ministry where I know so many people are blessed by it and I'm so blessed by it. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Well, I want to close us today with a verse in second Corinthians 12, nine was on my heart as we were talking, because so often as parents, we do feel unprepared or we do feel not like we're not enough. Everyone else is enough. They know more because they went to school for it. They will know more because their husband's a pastor. They know more because they wrote the book, but I just want to encourage moms that if you, as you've listened to this entire thing, you are listening because you have a heart that is seeking the Lord. And you have a heart that wants to serve your children and lead them to the Lord. And that is all the Lord asks of us. So rather than feeling ill-equipped, you're going to get this resource and you have the Holy Spirit at work in you. And in, we are going to boast about our weaknesses and allow Christ to be the one to do the work and show up so that then we can say to God, be the glory. My kids are seeking him and serving the Lord. So second Corinthians 12, nine, I'll close us with, it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I, all the mamas will boast all the more gladly about our weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on us. Amen. Have a great week, friends. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below, where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, 
Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends.